from the borders of Cumbria to County Durham, from Tynan Weir to the Tweed. You're listening to Radio Northumberland. Welcome to Berwick Speedway's Total Access Show on Radio Northumberland. We've got a special show this week. Joining me is Scotland's number one, Greg Blair, arguably. And, okay. of course, Berwick Speedway's Scott Courtney has decided to join us for a week on Radio Northumberland. I'm going to come to you as the newest guest, Scott. Uh, how are you this week? Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Yep, I'm all good. Um Chuffed to be doing this for you boys and uh, love the work that you guys are doing for the club and uh, promoting the sport. It's fantastic. There's no need for sucking up, Scott. That will come to you at, at some point as well, so there's no need for that at all. <laughs> Greggy boy, how are you this week, my friend? I'm pretty well, yeah. Um, bashed my finger at work today, didn't I? Yeah. My sore one and it oh. was it, it was a bit it was a bit agony and a stink of fish because I had mackerel for dinner. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm glad this is not a scratch and sniff radio show, to be perfectly honest with you there. <laughs> so what we're going to do is that on this week's show, what we'll do is we will talk about the latest news in British Speedway. We'll get into the, you know, the latest news for the latest Grand Prix from Prague. Uh, we'll speak bandits, we'll speak bullets, and of course, we'll have the end of the show quiz as well. Um, Greg, I'm going to come to you first, and then we'll get Scott's thoughts on this as well. Massive news for British Speedway this week as former world champion Artem Laguta signs for the Kingsland Stars. Uh, bit of a nightmare debut against uh, Sheffield, right enough, in terms of the, the overall score. He's obviously feeling his way into British Speedway. But what a huge, huge signing for British Speedway in general, not just Kingsland. It's massive. It's that massive that I actually messaged um, the powers at the BSN and said, I'll come down to Kingsland if you're needing an extra pair of hands in the booth, um, which they didn't need, but I would have quite happily went down there and interviewed that guy. Um, I think it is it is can massive he for Jed him. Brooke, can he? Uh, fluent, yeah. We've uh, we've been on the phone a few times. It was me that kind of helped him out with getting out the gate and uh, in, in his uh, world championship season. <laughs> Not know how good I am out the start, <laughs> but. Um, no, it would have been quite interesting uh, to go down and uh, interview the guy. I was uh, sort of look, looking forward to doing that, but no, they, they didn't need me. And it was it was a long way to travel, but to watch him, um, he is an absolute, you know, what what you know, he's so stylish on that bike. And I fair enough, he had a bit of a difficult start to to his uh, British campaign, but to get a rider like that coming in. It makes you think, you know, is are the floodgates going to open over the next few years? Are we going to start seeing more of these big stars coming over and uh, getting British Speedway back to what it was in, you know, the, the mid noughties when that it kind of all sort of drifted away? Um, I would love to see that where we had, you know, big names coming uh, coming to the club, uh, coming to British Speedway clubs. But you know, time will tell. But I'm I'm optimistic for it. But yourself, Scott, you must love this signing for the sport. Absolutely, you know it's uh, you know he's a he's a new name at British Speedway, and um, he's an absolute class act. Like Greg said, you know he's uh, you see him on the bike, and you know Kingsland, 
your first meeting at Kingsland against Sheffield is always going to be a tough gig. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there watching it uh, with my son, Owen, and he was like, I don't know why, Dad, but I feel so nervous. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, you know, you, you feel it, you know, he's a human being. And um, he did have a lot of pressure on his shoulders. You know, he, he got some good rides under his belt. And uh, ultimately, I, I agree. I think it's fantastic for British Speedway. I think there's no reason why the, the floodgates don't open again. You know, at the end of the day, I think the, you know, it's obvious to me that, that the Polish league is absolutely a, a, another planet. There's, there's no comparison in terms of anywhere else in the world of Speedway. And I think what we need to do is, is just put good products together and, and good teams together for, for the good of a British Speedway. And, 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 you know, there's a hell of a, Good advantage to those boys like Liguto when when he's going to be here this year and inevitably hopefully one day he's back in the Grand Prix and and doing that and and the time that he spent here I can almost guarantee that you know he'll benefit in the Grand Prix from that um you know your Lee Adamses and your Greg Hancock's and all those guys that you know they they always sort of done their their British stuff and they they developed their skills here and I think they became better all round riders for being here and um, British tracks are notoriously quite tricky in terms of the shape. Um, I think the preparation is much better than it used to be and the bike's much more difficult to ride, so the preparation has to be better. But, uh, but aye, to have a look at it here, it was absolutely fantastic and uh, it'd be great to see a few more big names in, in, in the top league. But uh, the championship, like, Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful there. We don't want to be them boys in that league. <laughs> no, I, th- I think the thing is, Scott, obviously we, we all work in the sport to varying degrees of what, of what we do. I think when you get riders like, can I say, footing off, like, uh, who, are, who are coming into the league, who are, in say, footing off's case, coming back to British Speedway, uh, like, are coming into it, I, th- I think... When when you're in the sport, sometimes it's you're just so enrolled in it that you don't get that that fan feeling again of that excitement to go. God, that that rider's signed there or that rider's racing there. I, I'm like Greg. Like I I started looking at fixtures to see what fixtures I could actually make or go to. Like that's an exciting feeling. And like if I'm if I'm feeling that, that must be the feeling throughout the whole sport. It's just such a lift, isn't it? It just puts it just. It shines a, a a really good light on the sport and in, in general, but in the kind of sp- within the speedway world, if these guys are are going away and they're they're kind of speaking to teammates in Poland, etc., saying like you'll develop so much, you will. I've seen, I've heard former riders this week basically saying like guys that were involved in GPs saying this week that th- these guys when they get back in the GPs, which will inevitably happen over the next couple of years, they are going to be better riders for racing in British speedway. Absolutely, and uh, you know, I've almost got goosebumps sort of listening to you there, sort of with that that passion of, of wanting to go to speedway matches again as a fan, and uh, you know, ultimately we all only ever got into this because we watched it, loved it, fans. You know, some of us rode, some of us didn't, and um, ultimately our core were fans. You know, it's uh, it's really what we all are, and we want the sport to succeed, and and. You know, when I say the sport to succeed, what does that look like? That's a question that, you know, we all envision all the stars and all the crowds and all that. But, you know, I think uh, I think the sport sort of certainly being being healthy, um, saying succeed's probably the, the wrong term, but the sport being healthy is more of those good guys, you know, developing more interest in the sport and and bigger crowds and, and, and you know, keeping tracks alive and, and all that, you know, the fanfare that comes with a big star. 
absolutely helps all of that. And um, you know, obviously a, a good crowd at Kingsland last week. And uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I wouldn't have missed that meeting for the world on on BSN. And uh, I think it's just fantastic that that happens. I mean, it, it's it's not so dissimilar to you know, and obviously it didn't go according to plan. But I know there was a lot of a lot of fanfare behind the Nicky Pedersen sort of coming back to British Speedway and. Um, although he's um an experienced guy, uh, you know he's still a, a, a big name and um plenty of them, like you say, Saifudinov, Jason Doyle, you know Jack Holder's doing a great job in the Grand Prix and um for Sheffield and uh, it's great to see that that there is that that thing and and you know a lot of them boys no doubt benefit from from the British tracks and they take it elsewhere and they, they develop a different skill set to just uh, they're, they're very easy to ride but cutthroat Polish tracks. Well, I do have a bit of an exclusive having spoke to him when I was on my travels. Um, I'll let, I'll let listeners put two and two together who, about who I'm actually speaking about here. Uh, but youngsters who are looking for British places for next year, and I can assure you that the name that I was speaking to is massive and will be part of a British team next year. I'm just going to let that manifest in the air there a bit and you can make your own conclusions about who I'm speaking about but is actively seeking a British spot for for next season. With that I'll move on Greg. That's a, that's a bit flirty like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. It is. It is. Uh, Greg we've seen the third round of the GP starting uh, on Saturday evening not starting uh Continuing, I suppose, would be the word on Saturday evening. Uh, Martin Vasilik uh, making it two years in the trot, winning at the Prague Grand Prix. Some of us were sensible enough to bet Martin Vasilik to to win the Grand Prix. <laughs> so it was a profitable <laughs> evening. Um, but it, it does it, what what it does is we've seen someone like Smars like mean the the consistency. Uh, speaking to kind of former world champions, which I've been fortunate enough to do, the the key that they've always said it's like a common theme when you have a when you're having a kind of bad bad night, so to speak, is it for it not to be as bad? And what we've seen for Smarslik in the two kind of the, the last two Grand Prix is by his own standards, is probably been not as good as what he'd have wanted it to be, but he's still in the mix there, still talking the standings and still really as the man to be it just it, for for somebody to break out the pack at this point it looks a tall order doesn't it it does it does indeed and the fact that you know i'm not going to be around the bush smarslik has not been performing that well overall you know this season so far he's not been doing what he was doing last year and the guy's still at the top of the table which is must be worrying for the rest of the guys in the gps because he's not at his best at the minute i think that will come I think we saw in the last Grand Prix that he was there was a, a shot where the camera got him in the pits and he looked worried and it was a it was an emotion that we've not seen with Smarslik yet that you know maybe other riders would have watched that back and thought you know wow he is human you know we we saw that emotion from him he is human but then even when he's not having great Grand Prix he's still managing to make semi-finals and finals you know the guy is a machine he's unbelievable um, but yeah, you know, the I do like the way that the standings are at the minute. It is pretty tight at, uh, just now. Um, I I said at the start of the year that I thought that Freddie Lindgren, 
you know, I, I've got a feeling that Freddie Lindgren's out there to win this world title and then he's going to hang up the Kevlars. I think he's going to do a Bruce Pennell. Um, that's my opinion. He wants to win this, t- wants to win a world title and then end on a high. That's my prediction. Um, Freddie Lindgren's never really been a rider that I've liked that much. Um, but saying that, I would like to see him go out and uh, and win it. I've, I'm, if I was to put a bet on, I wish I did. I would say that Lindgren, Lindgren's going to win the world title this year. That's, oh, that's I'm still saying that. Big call. It's hard to see past Mars. Like I know you're a massive fan of Mars like as well, Scott. And we seen him. We seen him one of the races now. One of the races, I think it was Jack Holder where he was going past coming into the third bend. Oh. Uh, that I mean, like you, you couldn't have got a cigarette paper through there, never mind a motorcycle. But he managed it somehow. See if that was any other rider in the world. I think we would be looking at that now. You guys are obviously for, well, one former rider, one current rider. Scott, as a former rider, that could easily be construed as desperation <laughs> uh, to, to get there or pure skill and like, having trust in the, the man that you're racing against that he's not going to stiff you or just all-out insanity. Um, it's probably all of the above. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 it just, when you seen him going down there, there was no room whatsoever. And when you're, have, when you're maybe not going as well, and again, this is by Smarslik's own standards. Not we're not holding him to the the standard that he'll hold himself to. Um, it can be with those small gaps where you feel as if you've got to you've got to go for Scott. Absolutely, and when you said all of the above, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think uh, I think he's he's you know obviously he's super talented. Obviously he's got some experience under his world championship belt in terms of you know winning. World Championships in different ways. Um, you know, there's one thing being the most talented guy of, of the bunch, but you know, when, when it ain't going your way, you've got to you've got to pull out some other moves as well, and he does. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal, man. I, I am a massive fan. Uh, I, I'm a massive fan of, of his personality and his character as well. I think he's so good for the sport. Um, you know, he pulls a great interview. He's an optimistic guy. He, he sends the right message to. The younger people who want to get into the sport, and uh, ah, he's he's fantastic. But that that move is uh, Jesus. I was like, you like to say there, there was a, I mean, yeah, I think the more talented riders, I've always had the analogy that the more the more talented riders are, are essentially taking less risk. The consequences are the same, and a crash is a crash, but they're taking less risk because they have more skill on the bike. And uh, that was thrown clean out the window because uh, that was <laughs> that was the most talented dude doing the wildest move I've ever seen. But, yep. uh, but now it's uh, there's no he, way his eyes open at that moment. His eyes were nah, closed. There's no well, way. He'd, well, way, he'd, he'd, he'd committed. That's that's for sure. And um, you know, all all the better for it. And uh, you know, fair play to Jack Holder as well. He he kept his uh, kept himself together there because you know a lot of those incidents that do get a bit wacky are, are sometimes when uh, you know a, a more vulnerable rider kind of panics in a situation like that and, and in all honesty who wouldn't when he comes yes. flying past you like that but uh, but now like I say fair play to Jack Holder for that as well but, uh, but now man he's he's you know like you boys are on about there he's uh, I see him sort of learning to, to win in a different way he's, yep. he's he's figuring out you know it, it's uh and it's no different team speed in many ways you know you, you you might you might envision winning all the races but sometimes winning with your seven or eight gets you in in the right position and uh 
you know, ultimately in, in the still in the bigger picture of the world championship, which he's obviously leading. And um I, you know, he's he's just a beast. He's he's a he's you know, you get these outliers that come along um every now and again that are uh, it doesn't mean to say anybody can't beat them. They can. They are beatable. But it is phenomenal to watch somebody that good on a bike. It's it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, a lot of credit has to go to Jack Holder because he regained his composure, actually challenged them coming out of the, the fourth bend the fourth as well. Bend. So, like, yeah. Absolutely like fantastic motor, uh, skill on his motorcycle there as well. Greg, looking at the Brits and their tie with them down, they started, they started well, kind of tailed off. Uh, through the, his, his next kind of rise, I think there was a lot of advantage to being uh, on, on the inside, especially early on. Uh, but just looking at the kind of meeting as a whole, obviously Robert Lambert then ended up, I think, making the final. Dan Bewley topped to score charts, just missed out in the final. Dan Bewley reminded me of something off of the Speedway Challenge game where you hit the fence about four or five times and still managed to pass three, few, three people. <laughs> 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 he, he, seemed to, he seemed to have... He seemed to have that that kind of ability in Saturday night. He clearly loves that track, um, as Kelvin kind of alluded to throughout the throughout the broadcast as well. Um, it was a shame not to see him in the final. But the thing is, is what when you're watching for me watching the Grand Prix, Dan does remind me of Darcy Ward a wee bit. I don't know what you guys think. Just the way the way he rides the bike, it's definitely yeah, I can see that. It's definitely a kind of all out kind of style with Dan. You can you can tell like with, with Dan that I think there's a, there's also an element of he's not grew up in a speedway environment, and it's basically he's just there to ride his bike. There's no that's there's no kind of he doesn't look at other riders and get intimidated or anything. But to look at the overall standings now after three rounds, I had to have a double take, Greg that. Robert Lambert and Dan Bewley have the same amount of points after three rounds, and you would swear just just on the eye test that Dan would be miles ahead of Robert, but it just shows you that consistency is key in the Grand Prix. That's exactly it. I mean, all you have to do is look back to when the, a Brit, Mark Laram, won uh, the world title without You're winning right. a Grand Prix. You know, it was like one of them. He just consistency is key, and just letting everybody out, you know, going going out and just doing your own thing, riding your bike and scoring points. That's what that's what matters. And if them boys can just keep plugging away and doing that, you let the other guys fight away at the top. I mean, I've been in situations completely different, but speedway related, where you're you're sitting in third place and first and second are knocking like seven bells out each other. And you're just waiting for them both to make a mistake and then you can just slip up in between them and win the race. And that's kind of the same thing with the championship points. These guys can wipe each other out, get excluded for whatever, you know, getting too nervy at the start, jumping the start, getting excluded for races and stuff like that. If you just stay cool, calm and composed all the way through, it's going to work out for you. And I hope them guys can do it. You know, I think... I think that the their mentality of, of how they're going at the moment is absolutely fantastic. And for young lads as well to be able to keep their nerve like that, I think it's brilliant. And, you know, I, I think that both Robert Lambert and Dan Bewley have got world titles in, in them. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely think with Dan, he's got a, a world a world championship in him. Scott, just for your point of view, kind of looking at the British guys that are that are in the, the mix here in the Grand Prix, like who who would you say is kind of the best equipped there to kind of if not make a challenge for the kind of world title, like make a challenge at least for the kind of medal spots? Well, I think you, you you've kind of got three three different lads. All three super talent. Do you know what I mean? You, you you're looking at three different approaches completely. Yeah, you know, three these, different characters yeah, together, aren't they? Very much so. And um, I, I think the thing that excites me about where those boys are all at is you couldn't rule any one of the three out from winning a Grand Prix, and you also couldn't rule any of the three out from getting a run of form together where they they have that constant consistency. And like you say, when you look at the points, you know it, it, it's easy to think. It's unreal that, that, that Lambert's on the, the same kind of points as Beauty, but with the scoring system, it makes it more interesting because making sure you get to them semis and, and if you do get through to the final, then you know, you're know you in a, a very favourable spot. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, I love, absolutely love the, the, the three of them, the way that they ride the bike. It's it's fantastic. And uh, I couldn't be more proud for the, the British side of things in that sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I think certainly Dan. There's there's a charm to Dan, like you say. There's a there's when you you're on about Darcy Ward there. There's there's a lot of what Dan does on the bike that is just like otherworldly at times. You know, it, it, I always remember having a chat with Calvin Tatum when I rode down at Lakeside, and it was just a loose chat. But we run about people who have time on the bike, and 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 the more I kind of looked into that and studied it, and you know, you you start looking at the what is natural talent thing or is it even a thing or is it just purely such a, a, a great amount of practice that, that that's developed over the years. And, and I think having time on the bike is something that Dan has more than anybody that I can see in the Grand Prix. And as talented as Schmarslick is, you know, he, he almost narrows time. He, he's, he's absolutely going for, he's getting as much done in that time. Whereas you watch Dan, it's like, Oh, he's, He's he's weighing up moves as they're happening in a in a in a sense that I think he he's almost slowing it down to some degree, and then um, yeah, any of the three of them doing well for me personally is is fantastic to see. Uh, I definitely you know I think having seen Dan from having a, a practice at Edinburgh to doing a little bit of riding for Edinburgh, and then the next thing he's he's, he's sort of career has developed from from there, and like you say, quite unconventionally, um, even though he's had connections with the sport. It's it's not. Um, I get the feeling that that like he you know he's not got the pressure of the world on his shoulders with, with Dan. He's like he knows why he's doing it. He's uh, he, he's an easy character, and it's fantastic to see. It, like I say, all credit to all three of them. Um, but Dan, for me, absolute phenomenal talent, and great to see him doing well. Yeah, I just it bodes well like for that. the. Sorry, sorry I was going to say. Gonna... I think it bodes well for the the World Cup this year. Yeah, you know, looking at that. The way that you know we've got, you look at this, you look at the standings at the moment, and you look at the flags, and you think, you know, this could be. I, I prefer the World Cup system to the Speedway Nations, and Same. you know, I think that that Britain's got a good chance for the for the World Cup this year. So that's going to be exciting for when that kicks off. It's just keeping people fat. We always seem to pick up injuries round about Speedway Nations or World Cup time or it happens during those meetings. So, fingers crossed we can stay healthy for, for those meetings. But I'm sure we'll preview those uh, nearer the time because it's not that far away, believe it or not. Um, no. 
just looking at it, uh, Greg, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, we, the Grand Prix series rolls on as quick as you like. Seven days later, we are in Tetro, Germany for round four. Um, predictions for that one? Who do you see kind of coming through the pack there? You know, um, I, I would like to think that, that we'll get a British, uh, a couple of Brits in the final. I think that uh, Robert Lambert's on the cusp of something, and I think Dan Bewley is desperate to get a final, you know, I think he, he, he's he been very unlucky. Um, so, yeah, I think that we could see the way them boys are going and obviously we'd like to see Ty pick it up and keep it, you know, get back to what we know he can do. Um, but, yeah, you know what, I'm going to back the Brits for uh, for the for the next Grand Prix. Good to hear, Scotty, about yourself. Um, I think, well, you know, you're going from pretty much two conventional speedway tracks back to back and, you know, Although Vasilik won last last year in, in Prague, I was super surprised that he did again. And I think he's one of those riders when he's got a bit of momentum behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a threat to anybody. You know, he's a phenomenal rider. He's his styles are very modern day, very powerful. He's a, he's a strong lad. He's you know he's not just a passenger on the bike. I don't I don't think uh, you could rule out Vasilik for for a back to back. I don't know. I'm not a betting man, but. Uh, but you know, I I've got a gut feeling on that one. Um, who do I want to win? Like you know, like Greg, any of the any of the Brits to to yeah. be there or thereabouts. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the Grand Prix themselves, and you know, Lingren as well. You know, the, the Tetra track and and a lot of recent Grand Prix has been um, probably a bit more challenging than some of the the, the more. Again, circular-based tracks. You know, it it's, it can be quite tricky, and I think somebody like Freddie Lindgren could could absolutely get in there and and cause a mega upset. You know, if the track gets a bit gnarly, he gets better. He's he's that guy. You know, but uh, yeah, it it that is the beauty of the Grand Prix. You know, there's there's, there's still that thing for me. Um, get back after a a Berwick meeting. Uh, come to Berwick, folks. Record the Grand Prix. Um, you know, come <laughs> come come back after a Berwick meeting, and uh, I, I still absolutely love that. And, and you know, like we said before, we're all mega fans of the sport, and uh, it's it's great to see such a great product out there. Absolutely. On you go, Greg. I was saying that that you know you go and watch Berwick Speed, can watch the recorded. Um, you know, watch the meeting recorded or watch it on the uh, Discovery Plus player or whatever else like that. Just don't do what my dad did on Sunday, where he sat down to watch it and couldn't understand why Facebook was uh, giving Ty Wiffenden a hard time because my dad told me at work on Monday, I don't know why Ty was getting such a hard time because he was second in the Grand Prix. Turns out my dad watched, <laughs> turns out my dad watched the wrong year. <laughs> watched, the, watched the full thing. Uh, I couldn't understand why certain riders had changed their uh, their colours, uh, their race suits and bike covers from the uh, Warsaw GP, which he was at, to the Prague one. He didn't couldn't quite understand that. And I went and Googled it and says, Dad, you've got the wrong Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> I bet there was a few uh, expletives. A wee bit, aye. I couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it, so... I think for myself, we, we, the start Jason Doyle's made to the Grand Prix series, obviously get knocked about a bit in Prague. 
Uh, I would expect Jason to be there or thereabouts. Forgive me if I, I've got this wrong, but I'm pretty certain he's won in Tetro previously as well. Um, he's another, like you were saying, Scott, if it gets a bit gnarly, he's another that's yep. that's right that's right in amongst that that kind of track. And it will be like there is riders within that within the sixteen that don't particularly fancy the kind of gnar- the more gnarly kind of tracks. Um, so I would I would kind of expect Jason to be there or thereabouts, but I still I don't think the way Dan Bewley's racing at the moment and riding at the minute it looks full of confidence. And to be honest, I think he's knocking on the door with the amount of points he scored at the weekend. He was just a bit unlucky in the same. I just feel obviously we spoke about this in the show previously, Greg, about how unlucky he was in Warsaw. Freddie Lindgren picks up at the stadium. He shuts off to make sure he doesn't get wiped out, and Lindgren goes and wins the Grand Prix. That's just that obviously it's those fine margins within a Grand Prix series. It's like it's in the grand scheme of things, yes, it might be one moment, but the amount of points that that then drops between Bewley and Lindgren for talking's sake in that Grand Prix is massive. And I just think Dan's just on that cusp of I would have fancied him to go and get a rostrum place in, in, in Warsaw. I fancied him at the weekend, the way he was racing while watching it to go, he, he's going to end up winning this because he's racing so well, so I do think he's in the cusp of this, and I think, Scott, you'll be able to confirm this for me, Robert grew up around all those kind of German tracks racing because he could race there when he was younger, and I'm pretty sure Tetro was a track that he'd done a lot of laps around, so he's very familiar with the place as well, so I'm hoping that Robert, Robert can put on a good show as well, but yeah, backing the Brits as well, myself, and if not, hopefully JD can, can do the business as well. So moving away for the for the Grand Prix series, bringing it back to home, uh, Scotty boy, it's not been the easiest of of times for the bullets at home. Um, obviously a, a few defeats now. Obviously it was a narrow defeat on Saturday night against a very good Oxford side. Uh, but it was a battle, and as as Greg kind of pointed out to me after the kind of meeting when we were chatting, um, it was kind of fine margins that the the, the guys ended up losing by. Um, heartbreaking, but all, all in all, the the development and the side that you've you've probably seen this year, you you must be happy with that, really. I am, yeah. I'm really impressed with the resilience, and you know, when the boys, I think I was on about this the other week to to one of one of my friends. I think the the thing that I personally like to see the most is when you do get, especially in the national league somebody trying to go through a, whether it be a confidence crisis or a, or a technique issue and, and they're able to develop that and, and improve and and really make that that progress and and that to me personally is is the biggest reason why we put that team on the track was to to of course be competitive that's obvious as soon as the tapes go up by the way I'm all in with winning but at the same token seeing people develop their skills get over the problems, become ultimately better people and better speed riders for it. And, you know, Mason, you know, a big shout out to Mason after Saturday. I, I, I loved his ability to to keep bouncing back, but he, he also listened real well to his teammates, to to Kev, to to myself. And, you know, there's a few things I think with Mace, he, he's he's a natural racer, so he just gets in the moment so so easy, um, which is a, a ultimately a skill, but whilst he's still going through that process of developing his technique, it's super important to remember to, you know, you don't have to go all in on that one lap and, and, and end up sort of on your backside. You can, you can plan your moves and, you know, we've seen it with Greg over the last few years and, and it proves, I know Greg had a lot of, a lot of time out of the sport, but 
you know, these these last sort of few meetings for Greg, I've, I've never felt more confident when he's in front that, that he's bringing it home. He's looking good. He's putting the bike where he wants to be, you know, and and, and the, it just proves to me, you know, that's what the bullets are all about. It's 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 self development in many ways, but doing it together. And there, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't have our, our lack of bad luck either. With um, you know, Josh Hambleton, honestly, you know, he's such a great lad. We want to see the best out of him, but I think the crash the week before just knocked the stuffing out of him, and um, he done his best to to. To come back from that but I, there's, there's aches and pains when you get on a bike you don't realize you've got until you get on a bike and speedway is not a sport like many others where you think ah oh, you know tuesday i'll go ride my bike and see if i'm okay and um, you know quite often it's just race day when you get to do that and, and i really really felt for josh like i say he's a brilliant character deserves a, a, a good run but ultimately you know he, he he was a bit too wounded from his crash the week before to to really get back on the bike um so he was brave to to do what he done. Um, but nah, yeah, you know, again, I know we're in the game of everybody's got a pursuit to win, myself included. But ultimately, you know, we've got to take the positives and, and move on. And for me, you know, it was a it was a good match on Saturday. A lot of positives to take from it. Uh, a lot of good battles on the track, and and I, you know, but just to to summarize it, you know, that that for me is everything when I can see the boys making improvements themselves, walking away. Nobody wants to lose, but, you know, we, we take it on the chin and, and keep swinging. Absolutely. I'm going to go off script a wee bit here because I was going to ask Greg a different question, but you've raised a good point there that I actually want to pose to, get, to Greg, Scott. Um, Greg, see, since you've made your return to the sport, as Scott said there, obviously it's well documented that you had a number of years out of the, out of the sport and then obviously came back with the bullets. Do you feel as if this is the... The, the best the best you've ridden and the most confident you've been since your return? Yeah. Um, the last two meetings that I have had is the best I have ever, ever felt on a bike. Um, you know, there's times where I, when I'm packing up at the end of the night where I'm thinking, you know, I would like to race anybody around Shieldfield Park right now because I feel like in myself that I could give anyone a good race and that's got a lot to do with you know I've I've worked kind of hard on my fitness making sure that I'm I'm all right I've done a lot of training in the winter um and I mean I'm not doing as much of it now because I'm getting plenty of bike time but I'm also <clears throat> I'm also running a great engine which has been well looked after um by another Mark Courtney um who's who set that up to exactly how he thinks I should be riding it and he's hit the nail on the head. Um, I've also made it clear that I'm riding on JHR frames this year um, and that has just made an absolute massive difference to me. They suit my style a lot better. I used to ride them all the time but, uh, back the first time round and you hear people talking about things clicking and things going the right way and everything has just clicked into place for me this year. Um, loving riding my bike. I'm not, you know, previously I've had bad bad rides and I've come back in and I've been a bit moody and a bit, you know, throwing the goggles down and sitting down and not wanting anyone to talk to me. Whereas now I'm having these bad rides and I'm coming back in and I'm going, right, someone tell me what I need to do to change that. Or, you know, do you think that was me? Do you think it was the bike? Someone help. And the best thing about being at Berwick is 
you've got guys there that are ready to say to you, the, you need to change this on your bike or you need to change that with the way you're riding the bike. And it's only really Beric that you can get that at. Um, and, you know, you get praise for winning, but you get looked after when you're not winning. And that's the beauty of the place. So, yeah, but I mean, at the moment, I can't if you could bottle how I feel after riding the bikes at the minute, you know, it it's just it's unbelievable. And even just being in the workshop and getting things prepared, I'm enjoying doing that more because the results are happening on track and um you know, I don't know if it was uh, made public, but uh, we had a moment where um at the start of the season firing up my bike, the engine just about jumped out of it because I was doing too much and I wasn't having enough time in the workshop. And I hadn't tightened up, <laughs> hadn't tightened up the engine in the frame, uh, and I got a bit, bit of a row for that. And it's not so much that it's a chore coming in now. I'm actually enjoying it, spending my night in here, listening to podcasts, and just you know, yeah, just enjoying it. And and <laughs> I, I wish I was 17 to be honest with you, um, because don't we all? <laughs> the, the, the way the way things are at the moment, you know, if I was 17 year old, if I, if I could jump back into my 17 year old self, I'd have my eyes on the Grand Prix at the minute. But um, at the moment, I'm just quite happy to ride my bike, jump into black and gold after a meeting, and uh, have a good have a good crack with the boys. And aye, it's just fantastic at the moment. That's good. No more product placement. No, that's uh, that's a good few names that you've dropped into this show. We're not getting paid for that, so you can stop that. You've been warned about that previously. That's <laughs> uh, Scott, just looking again, just to look at the bullets as a whole, uh, we've spoke about previously on certain shows um, the fact that the the, the, kind of th- the top three guys within the bullet side, I mean, Danny has been excellent this season for the bullets. He has he has raced like a number one. Obviously, Connor is going great for both bandits and bullets. Uh, Greg's been doing great statement of the bandit side and obviously leading the, the bullets. But the thing is that fr- from a kind of not a negative point of view, more of an observ- observational point of view, is, is that the three guys have not maybe clicked on the same night. And I'm actually fearing for the side that that happens against because it's it's going to run up a big score because these guys have been going well individually, but it's just not it's just not quite happened in the same night, has it? It hasn't, but all three of the heat leaders, you know, in, in the team talk on on Saturday before the meeting, you know, I, I I alluded to that. I was like, well, you know what your job is, boys. You 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 don't uh you don't get away with it. You've got to go and win some races, and uh you know the middle order boys have, have got to chip in and battle away for the seconds and thirds. But in in all honesty, that's credit to Greg, Danny, and Connor. That's that's not sort of being overly harsh on them. That's that's saying here, yeah, you're capable. You're doing great, and um you know they, they really are all all three of them. But we. You know, we had that faith absolutely in in the boys at the beginning of the season, and um, there's there's no reason, like you say, when when everybody clicks together. I mean, obviously, we can't forget Archie as well. You know, Archie is a, a, a you know a big a big signing for us in terms of you know a rider that we really believe in and we want to develop. And obviously, just a lot of bad luck happened there. But I'm I'm pretty confident that Archie would have been back and those three boys up in in the same way and. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, as things turn out and, you know, something that doesn't really get spoken about a lot. And I've been thinking about this a lot because of, of you know, the nature of, of, of the team and all that stuff. You know, there's no guarantee that, that everybody's back next year. That, that When we do contracts, it's for a season. And, and I don't think we ever put that across enough. And um, of course, we want, 
riders that we own to stay for longer. And uh, you know, I would love the chance to work with Archie again for sure. Um, I, I see a lot of you know a lot of progress, a lot of talent there, and it would be great to to have him back next season to come and do what you know effectively got cut short by injury this year, and then you know. There's never a guarantee somebody's back. I think it's it's really easy as a fan to assume that you lost out on bringing a rider back. But quite often when you sign a rider, it's for a season and that's it. And, you know, that's, that's the sport that we that we run in. And then, oh, why did he leave? Why did he, well, he didn't leave. He was here for a season. That's the crack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to set the stall out to, you know, always look towards the, the future and, and towards next season. But just, you know, here and Greg, explaining how he feels about how he's going right there like you know that's been worth everything putting that that team on the track it really has and um you know that's that's the stuff that that gives me goosebumps and 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 you know makes me know that what we're doing is worthwhile um it's a tough gig and and by no means do i require any sympathy when it comes to the how the club works um you know we're we're a proper club and and we're, we're a club before a team and when we do well, you know, the best we can. We're all people from this area doing our very best for it. And, uh, you know, to hear Greg loving his speedway again, enjoying being in the workshop, enjoying his life, that's that's everything to me. Absolutely. And you can see Greg in action against the Mildenhall Fen Tigers on Saturday evening at Shieldfield Park. Tapes up at 7pm. Don't forget, you can get your tickets on com forward slash tickets. We thank Scott for joining us uh, on uh, Radio Northumberland's Total Access Show for Berwick Speedway. Uh, and the other side of the break is the best 15 minutes of the week. It's me and Greg and the quiz. From the borders of Cumbria to County Durham, from Tyne and Weir to the Tweed, you're listening to Radio Northumberland. Welcome back to the best 15 minutes of the week on Radio Northumberland, of course, as the Speedway Quiz with myself and Greg Blair. Greg, the scores through the series so far are myself, I've got two, you've got two wins as well. Um, I think I did absolutely horrific in the last show. Uh, You took that at a landslide. So with you being the winner of the last quiz, you get to choose. Do you want to go first or second? Um, can I go second, please? Second, right. Go for it. Hit me with your first question then. Okay, so we saw um, an ex-world champion return to the Brit. Well, sorry, not return, who came to the British Shores uh, last week, Artem Laguta. My question to you is, Mr. Frame, what number does he ride under? Like his number for everything? As triple two. Oh, well done. First point in the bag. By the way, I, what I will say is, is that Artem Laguta is, is one of my favourite riders. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, when he won the World Championship, it was absolutely buzzing. Mainly to do with the fact that I beat him at the start of the season to win it. <laughs> but he is actually one of my one of my favourite riders, and I'd have been gutted um, can I tell to you get gutting, that one wrong. Can I tell you a gutting betting story to do with Speedway? Absolutely. The first Grand Prix of the season in 2013, I went into my local bookies, which is now closed down, walked in and asked if I could put £10 on Ty Woofenden to win the Grand Prix. 
and the lassie says to us, oh, you're keen. And then she handed me the slip and I looked at it and it was 501. And I went, no, 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 the World Championship, just this Grand Prix. So I handed it back to her and she reversed it for the Grand Prix. And then he went on to win the world title, <laughs> 501. And I handed that betting slip back. Oh, how, how gotten is that? <laughs> sure, that, that that five grand would have come in handy, Greg, at some point. Yeah, let's just, no, let's forget about that. It was an absolute <laughs> screamer. <laughs> um, right, okay. First question for yourself. Now, Greg, I have went for a theme this week with my five questions. They oh. are under the theme of which former bandit? So, which former bandit claimed the silver medal in the World Individual Championships in 1998? Oh, which former bandit won a silver medal in 1998? Oh, Jimmy Nielsen. Correct. Well yes. done, Yes, one all. My dad would have kicked off at us there if I hadn't got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my question to you. This is a bit of an obscure one. And I think that the uh, some of the public listening might know this one. So, Barrett Bandits. Barrett Bandits since 1968. But where did the name Bandit originate from? How did they get their name, Barrett Bandits? I know this. I think I've told you this. You may have. It was my you great granny have. that came up it with it. It was your great granny, and it was named after her favourite biscuit. Oh, yes. Nailed it. All right, well done. Fair enough. Aye. That is a true fact. That is a true fact. They hadn't a clue what they were going to call them, and there was a bandit biscuit, and what about that? Aye, that'll do. So. It's not the sexiest of stories, Greg. I won't lie. When you think bandit, you think, like... People getting robbed in the 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 westerns and stuff like that, like the actual bandits. You don't think of a biscuit, so well, it, could, it does take the glamour out. It say that <laughs> she was sitting there with a the family trying to figure it out, and a lot of bandits came on horseback and came in and raided the farm that they had, and they went, "That's a great name for the speedway team." That's a better story. Stick right, with that one. I edit that. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Right, okay, Greg, question number two. Which former bandit is a former world long track champion, ridden in the Speedway of Nations, and recently qualified for the European Championship Series? Oh, Chris Harris. Wrong. Oh, no, is it Kelvin Tatum? No. Oh, has recently qualified for the European Championships. It's Dimitri Berger. Oh, I can't even believe that. <laughs> You've just not See, thought I was, about it I was, on, I was on the edge with both. I was like, it might be Chris Harris, it might be Kelvin Tate. I'm, like, I'm actually going to go Chris Harris. And no, that was wrong. Uh, so, my question to you is, what averages were the three checks signed on for the 2001 season? Nines. Oh, Have I nailed yes. it? Yes. yes. Oh, I'm so <laughs> You're talking my kind of era here. You're, you're on to plums with any kind of questions, Megan <laughs> boy. <laughs> Can you name all three? Um, Joseph Frank, 
Adrian Amel and Mike Makovsky. Well done. You're not getting an extra point for that, but it was just one. <laughs> my question. <laughs> <laughs> right. So since 2010, which former bandit has ridden for Scunthorpe, Workington, Glasgow, Newcastle, and Birmingham? Can you repeat the question? Certainly. So since 2010, which former bandit has ridden for Scunthorpe, Workington, Glasgow, Newcastle, and Birmingham? Oh, man. Since 2010. See, I was still... This is difficult for me because this is the time I, this is the time I didn't... I wasn't at the speedway that much. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've used that one to your advantage as well, haven't you? <laughs> you knew that I was away on the sauce full time and having children. <laughs> um, can I get one clue? He's not British. <laughs> and okay, that was perhaps a pretty vague clue. It's a he. It only, it only narrows it down to the world. <laughs> um, it comes from a nation that wouldn't be, that doesn't produce many riders. Oh. Now, hmm. So he has ridden in like... Oh, I know, I know, I know. Is it Tero Arneo? It is. Well done, my yeah. friend. Yes, yes. We are on the scoreboard for those that are not ticking along. It's 3-2 to Framey. Right. He's chuffed a bit with that. In 2012, Seb Alden won the final race at the fours at Peterborough for Berwick. Who else was in that particular race? Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right, okay. What year? 2012. I'm going to go Adam Shields. Right. Is that right? No. Surely you're going to tell me as I'm rhyming off names if they're right or no. I mean, I'll get three guesses here. I'm right, going then. Right, okay. So I'll 20... get a point if you get one. You've seen I was in a five-ride maximum there and you've just stuck one in, haven't you? Uh, yeah, okay, twenty twelve. Who would have been? Who would have been? Simon Stead. No. Am I close with the guesses? I, I don't know how you mean close. Teams. So that would have been, I think, Isla White or Sheffield. Mm. You get one more name, and you can get the point. A tricky one, that actually, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to say Edinburgh won the league that year, didn't they? Are they good in the four? So, did they win the league that year? Doesn't he say that you did actually? I think I'm a wee bit out, I think I'm a wee bit out with my guesses. I'm trying to work my way back here. So it might have been like Somerset, Jason oh. Doyle. Mm-mm. No, I know. Okay, again, Magnus Carlson, Ben Barker, and Richard Lawson. That that would have been a fluke if I get any of them. <laughs> Do you have you got in front of you the answers to which teams they race for in their years? No, 
Right, right. Well, there you go, right? The person <laughs> asking the question doesn't even know who they're racing for. So give me those names again. Magnus Carlsen, Ben Barker and Richard Lawson. So Magnus Carlsen, right, we'll look this up, right, for next week's show, right, but I'm going to, you can have a guess at each of these, now have a guess at each of these and we'll come back, we'll reconvene next week, right, uh-huh. but I'm going to say, right, Magnus Carlsen, I'm going to say was Workington. <laughs> uh, Richard Lawson, Peterborough. Hmm. Let's reverse this back. Richard Lawson, Workington, Magnus Carlson. I don't know. I don't know. Who was the other name? Ben Barker. 2012. Ipswich. In fact, something's just popped into my head there. I've got a, I've got a vision in my head of a photograph that the late, great Ron McNeil took and gave to me. And I'm sure it's at that race now. Oh. <laughs> now, now that you've now that that's just popped into my head, I'm sure it's at that race. And I'm sure that Ben Barker was Ipswich. Richard Lawson would have been Workington. And who was the other, sorry? My, um, it was Magnus Carlson, which I think Somerset. See... I'm thinking it might be might be Edinburgh for the sheer fact that Ron took the photo. Ah, uh, maybe. We'll, we'll come can, back to that. We'll for reconvene next week. on that next week, but that was a big zero for Framey there. Right. Sorry, back to the quiz. Uh, that makes the scores three two. Me getting one wrong, you've got one wrong up until now. Which former bandit is a two time Italian champion? Ah. Oh. I know this one because I was partnered with him in 2009. Gino Franchetti. Yes, well done, my friend. Well done. So here we go. Oh, level is... into the last questions for anybody it... kicking along. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. We'll see. Where did Nicky Pedersen make his British debut in 1998? I think there's a reason you're asking this question. Mm-hmm. And it would have been back in the day, the old Tyne Tweed Trophy, and it's Shieldfield Park. Congratulations, you are <laughs> correct. Oh, <laughs> close. So, here. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Let's hope you get this one wrong because I don't have a tiebreaker, Greg. Okay. <laughs> it's 4, four three at the moment, right? So, which former bandit has won his national title twice? Ridden in three Grand Prix, won the Scottish Open, and rode for Lublin and Crosno. His name has already been in this quiz, and I think it is Pepe Frank. Oh, what a what an answer! What an answer! Well done. We're just calling this a draw here, and whoever gets the three riders, <laughs> we'll carry that over. It's keeping everybody on the edge of their seat. Exactly. You know what? The good tiebreaker would be what? What? Um, do you know the tartan of Bullets Captain Greg Blair? What? What tartan does he ride with on his bike? Blue one. Uh, I but where? Where's it from? Every tartan's got a. Because everybody thinks that's my family tartan. 
but it is actually my hometown tartan of I was Jedburgh. just about to guess that. You never gave me an opportunity. Oh, well, that, that, that would have been me. So I take this week's quiz then because that's how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was good, Greg. Uh, always enjoy the, the Speedway quiz at the end of our shows on Radio Northumberland. That is it for this week's Total Access show on Radio Northumberland. Uh, don't forget, you can buy tickets for this week's match uh, between the Berwick GHT Bullets and the Mildenhall Fen Tigers at berwickspeedway.com forward slash tickets. And don't forget to follow all Berwick Speedway on social media for all the latest news and views. And we are revamping our YouTube channel, so look out for updates on that as well. So until next week, from me and Scotland's number Number one speedway rider Greg Blair. Goodbye. From the borders of Cumbria to County Durham, from Tyne and Weir to the Tweed, you're listening to Radio Northumberland 103.4.